0: Welcome to K-Drama School. I'm your host. I'm your host, Grace Jung. It's nice to be here. Nice to be here with you all. I went to a birthday party this evening in Silver Lake, and I walked into one of the most beautiful houses I have ever seen in my entire life. I don't really go to many house parties, but house party is definitely like a culture in LA. Like People don't really go out so much that usually if there's a party they'll do it at at a person's home and this house was so beautiful it is like very central silver lake you can see the hollywood sign there's a bathroom with a window and you could see out into the i don't know you like you could see out into the the room and then you could see out past the glass doors, and then you can see the Hollywood sign. Like, you could see a sunset from the bathroom. It's it's wild. And it's crazy because, like, I would have these dreams where there are all these glass windows <laughs> in a bathroom, and I feel really, um, yeah, like, violated. Like, I can't, you know, take off my pants and, like, take a piss with all these, like, glass windows. People can see me, Yeah. But this this nightmare kind of came true at this house through this little window situation. And it was a very curious and interesting sort of experience at this house. It was not my friend's house. It was my friend's cousin's house. And there were lots of children there. There were a lot of filmmakers there. It was a fun evening. But I was mostly taken by the house Because it's not like this massive mansion, but it's not something to poo-poo at either. I mean, it is fancy. It is like a luxurious home. (laughs) And um, yeah, I was just like, I would love to live in a house like this. So I guess I saw my dream home this evening. It was literally my dream home in the sense that like a part of my dream was manifested inside this house with the whole glass situation. Um, If you have glass in your bathroom... (laughs) like a glass window. Um, yeah, that's what is that choice? Like, why did you make that decision? I'm very curious as to why you made that decision, because it's definitely a mind fuck. It was for me definitely like I had to uh, I had to really think about it and I'm still thinking about it. I will probably be thinking about it for the rest of my life. <laughs> why glass? Why glass in a bathroom? Folks, it's been a uh, interesting few days. I came to some interesting revelations today, like, um, you know, like you all know, like I'm writing this book about Korean dramas, which all of you are going to buy and read, and it's going to like be a bestseller and all of that good stuff. But I was writing a particular chapter about like mass graves and massacres and mass deaths that happened during and after the Korean War and how there were so many bodies that got buried in these mass graves and a lot of them are forgotten people or unidentifiable people or, you know, family members that disappeared from their families and nobody ever figured out where their bodies got buried, you know? So it's like sort of the sad situation. Like, what happens to these people the nameless individuals when they die, right? Like, are they forgotten? And isn't that sad? <laughs> like, why is that, you know, like a an acceptable thing in our societies and our cultures, you know? Like, could we possibly imagine our dearly beloved person to die and be buried in some nameless mass grave with no headstone, like... Um, to be completely erased and forgotten? Like, is that a possibility in our minds? Um, Can we let somebody go without mourning them? Is that acceptable? And I guess I keep using the word acceptable because it's like, no, it's not acceptable. You know, it may, it may happen, but from my morally conscious standpoint and my ethically conscious standpoint, um, and from a place of loving awareness, I can't, say that I would be comfortable with that you know so I'm like what's the answer to this right because there's so many mass graves and there were so many massacres in Korea and all around the world and they still continue and it's like what what do we do about the pain of that reality and it just struck me today I was like well there are mass graves in LA yeah I mean 1500 people die every year. They are houseless people, they are unidentified people, they are unclaimed, quote unquote unclaimed people, meaning um like none of their family members or kin or friends have stepped up to say like yeah, like we'll bury this body or we'll take responsibility for this body. So where do those individuals end up when they pass away? And the answer is they end up in a mass grave. They call it a potter's field. And every year, 1,500 Los Angeles residents, mostly houseless people, end up in these nameless mass graves. And I just thought, oh, you know, I could, as a Los Angeles resident, I can visit that grave and show those souls my recognition, awareness, and attention and care. You know, just by showing up, just by saying I'm here. Just by saying, "I mourn your death. I mourn the loss of your physical presence here on Earth," you know, or "Thank you for having stopped by on this Earth. Thank you for your contribution as a living member of this society at the, at one point." And I think that's important. I think it's important to have those kinds of moments to connect right? To reconnect ourselves to the bigger humanity, the greater humanity. So I was thinking about that today, and I got pretty emotional, actually. Because I guess, I don't know, there's something about death that is, it's so saddening to me. I don't know, especially as of late. Like, when my two comedian friends died, um, between 2021 and last year, it was like, really gutting. I remember it being devastating. And yeah, it's just, um, you know, to mourn a loss is important. Yeah, I think it is necessary. This week, I binge watched a Disney Plus series called Big Bet. And um, oh, how do I put this? Like, I think I already mentioned on this podcast that I tried watching Snowdrop like five or six times and I couldn't. I just can't. I can't get past like the fourth or fifth episode. Like after that, it's just like super boring to me. Everything is like really like taxing and stressful and annoying and there's no payoff. I love Chung hae I'm a huge fan of Chung hae I watch anything and everything with him in it. I, I adore him, but like... Even though he's the protagonist in this show, in Snowdrop, I can't watch it because the show sucks so badly. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, but for Big Bet, I watched it for one reason only. I watched it because I wanted to see Son Saku. All right, I love Son Saku as much as I love Jung Hae In. Okay, I love Son Saku. I probably, I th- I love Son Saku more than I love Jung Hae In. Actually, Son Saku is my like he's the one he's the man i love son saku like right now as of now in terms of like my K drama man son saku is like dead smack in the middle okay top priority so i watch big bet waiting for son saku and i'm watching i'm watching i'm like where is he all I see is Chimin and and all different kinds of wigs and makeup, playing like a range of different ages. The guy's like 60 years old, okay? Like, he can only do so much as an overweight 60-year-old who drank and smoked most of his life, okay? He's not doing well. In fact, he has emphysema. Like, I can't hear the things that he's saying because his, you know scratchy throat and emphysema is fucking with his voice it's fucking with his breath work and his delivery and i can't understand half the things that are coming out of his goddamn mouth and on top of that he's speaking english in this show and i'm like what the fuck is he saying you know to say this one is a um he's like a lead on this show is a big fat lie okay because the lead is not 손석구 if Saku was the lead he wouldn't show up at the end of episode five in season one because that's where that's where he ends up I, I was like watching this show for hours and hours i'm like where Sunku? where the fuck is he and he shows up in the fifth episode at the tail end of fifth episode and even when he does show up what does he do he like in episodes he's like complaining about the air conditioner you know he uh shows up at some raid and nothing nothing happens at the raid you know it's like what the hell is he doing he's like it's a waste it's like he this show has so many good actors like chimin shik is a good actor he's a good film actor i don't think he's a very versatile actor like i don't think he's very good at playing this role like he has to play like this chameleon who can balance this scam artist slash businessman slash thug and gangster slash father big brother figure it's like what the hell is he he's supposed to be like like a chameleon kind of thing but he's not good at that he's very jilted and stilted and and jankety. yeah there's something awkward about his delivery and son comes in later and he's playing like an awkward you know kind of like spacey cop yeah he's a little spacey um also like, Sun Seok was very, uh, fluent in English because he spent some of his youth in North America, and he also went to film school in Chicago, so his English is, like, excellent, uh, but I don't know what it is. When he acts in English, like, when he's performing in English, he comes off as, like, such an asshole. Like, not an asshole, like, in Korean, you say I think I already taught you this phrase, 재수없어. 재수없어 means kind of like an asshole. It's like a little douchey. Yeah, 재수업성 means douchey. When he speaks English and he's acting, he comes off so douchey. You know, it was like when he when he's performing in, in Korean, it's like, oh, that's sexy. That's hot. Like I was rewatching DP because I'm writing about it. And he comes off like kind of sexy and hot in DP. You know, he comes off a bit sexy and hot in my liberation notes. He was very sexy and hot in my liberation notes, actually. But in this show, when he's speaking English in big bet. I just want to slap his face. I'm like, man, you're douchey. God, you're annoying. What's 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 up with that? You know, isn't that fascinating? Like language is a whole nother identity. Hmm, It's a whole nother train of thought. It's a whole nother perspective on the world. Language is a whole nother reality. It's a whole nother life. So if you speak more than one or two languages, good for you because you have a diversity of perspectives on how to envision life. Yeah, it's it's an excellent uh, ability. Yeah, it's a gift truly because man, this this English Korean thing with Tomsaku is like fascinating. I'm fascinated by Tomsaku. So anyway, big bet Disney Plus. Um, it's a terrible show. Okay, it's a really bad show, and and let's get into why. Why is it such a bad show? Well, for one, the guy who wrote this shit is like, what's his name? Kang Yun Song. Okay, so Kang Yun Song is the writer and director of this show, Big Bet. Kang Yun Song is not a TV writer. I did not even have to look up his filmography to know this. I could just tell by the pacing of this show that he is not a TV writer. Why? K dramas have a certain rhythm to it. Yeah. There's a nice steady ebb and flow of tension, release, tension, release, tension, release. And then tension is the cliffhanger. And then the release is in the next episode, right? The cliffhangers on this show suck. They're random. They're arbitrary. They're not related to the protagonist for the most part. I'm like, what's with the cliffhangers on this show? This guy doesn't know how to write TV. A K-drama won't be a good K-drama unless it's written by a woman who's written at least 50 Korean TV scripts. Okay. It doesn't matter if those TV scripts were turned into production or not. It's the fact that she's done it. She's put in the work. This dude, I don't know who the fuck Kang Yun-sung is. I mean, he wrote a couple, he wrote a, wrote and directed a couple of uh, movies. Yeah. Like, they, I don't even know what they are. The Outlaws, I've never seen it. Uh, Long Live the King, never seen it. Okay. I mean, they, they're they embedded with big stars. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give you that. But I, I know nothing about them. Okay, this series, Big Bet, it's like based on some guy. It's supposedly based on an actual person who he's like a Korean dude who fled to the Philippines and made it big as like this casino guy. Who cares? Who cares? Why do we watch a Korean drama? We watch it because it moves us, because it's compelling through compelling characters, compelling storytelling, high stakes. What are the stakes? They're emotional stakes. Always, 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 always. That's why we watch a Korean drama. Something traumatic happened to the character, and we're gonna go into it. We're gonna fucking go into the journey of the genesis of that trauma, and then the aftermath of the trauma, and then the healing of that trauma. That's what makes a show good. This show has none of that. I'm just watching some asshole, some guy who I don't give a shit about. He's he doesn't come he's not a good person okay he's a big asshole he's a, he's a son of a bitch he is a motherfucking son of a bitch he has a wife and kid but he's like in the philippines and it's like what What do you where's your wife and kid man you don't tell your wife anything your wife is like so fucking stupid and naive and innocent she has no idea what the hell's going on the whole like family stuff it's just not there there is no romance on this show none and why do we watch a cage it, it needs romance I don't care even if it's like a tinge, a tiny bit. I don't care if it's stupid and awkward. Th- throw it in there. Stick it in there. Stick it in. Why are you leaving it out? Huh? Everybody has them. Everybody has romance. Everybody has, you know, longing, desire. Everybody has some some kind of gap in them that they want to fill with some, some guy or some girl. You know, it's there. It's like, where is that? There's none of that in Big Bet. None. So I'm like, why am I watching this? Why am I watching this? Why am I watching this? I was like, where's Honsaku?" That's why I'm watching this. I'm watching this because I want to see Honsaku. He doesn't show up until the last, like, four minutes of episode five. It was a waste of my time. This show was a big, fat waste of my time. But I hate watched, I hate watch this show through and through. I was like, I need to get to the bottom of this shit, all right? I need to figure out why it pisses me off whenever Honsaku speaks English. I need to know why, all right? So I'm watching this, and I'm, like, getting more and more irritated. Because I'm like, okay, so this is a Disney Plus production. Yeah, Disney Plus, they got the Disney budget. Okay, so we got the big stars. Fine. We, oh my God, Yidong Hee is in this. Yidong Hee, what a precious actor. He is such a precious and gifted actor. Anything with Yidong Hee in it, I wanna see it. I wanna watch it because he's a fantastic performer. He is so entertaining to watch. But on this show, it's like, again, it's like putting Saku in here. It's like, it's a waste. You know, Choi Min-sik, I don't care. You know, it's like, all right, he's like a, a talented film actor. And, you know, people have seen him in, you know, Old Boy and shit. Okay, fine, whatever. But I, I, like I said, I don't think he, I don't think Min-sik is as talented as Lee Dong-hee and 손석구. Yeah, I'll say that. The show. Oh, my God. There's another thing. Like, stylistically... Stylistically, the show is like completely all over the place. All right. So, stylistically, okay, the guy's a filmmaker, he can make stylistic choices. I get that. That's great. But there's these moments where the characters would break the fourth wall. Like when there's like an, like a monologue, like a voiceover monologue that's like narrating the backstory of whatever, explaining shit, how things work. None of it was interesting. But there are moments where the characters would look at the camera, break the fourth wall, and start narrating as if they were narrating the whole time. Like putting that monologue the whole time. This is something that was taken at Fight Club. And it is a very useful device. When it's, an, it's, when it's in an entertaining film like Fight Club where Edward Norton is doing it in a suave way that fits in with the rest of the movie because he's been doing it from start to finish. But this shit comes in randomly. Like, sporadically out of nowhere. And it's just kind of, like, popped in there awkwardly here and there. And I'm like, this is so fucking stupid and weird. (laughs) Like, what are you doing? Like, another way to look at this, I suppose, is to just be like, okay. Like, this guy has never written or directed a TV show before. This is his first try. And so he's making his own thing. But I feel like that's just giving that guy too much credit. Because this guy has no business making a TV show. All right, The fact that Big Bet has a season 2 is a hilarious fucking thing because it's like, no, there is no, there is no season two. K dramas are always like at least 16 episodes. So what they did was they took 16 episodes and they just broke it off. And it's like first season, second season. That's all that happened. Should Big Bet have been 16 episodes? I didn't even see season two. I already know it's going to be terrible. Should Big Bet have been two seasons? Should Big Bet even have been a TV series? No. The answer is no. It should have just been a fucking movie. And even if it was a movie, it, w- it probably would have been like a three-hour movie. Based on the way that this guy, you know, films and edits, this is this would have been a three-hour film. Yeah. Yeah. This this should not have been a show. Like, I complain about this a lot with some of the Netflix original K-drama series, right? Whenever they take a Korean film director and then they ask him to turn his film script into a TV script. And then they say, okay, and you also go and direct that. It ends up being shit. All right? Squid Game is a massive exception. Why? Because you know, the guy, like, Hwang Dong-hyuk, he's a a fantastic filmmaker, and he worked on that script for 10 years, so he has a lot to talk about, you know, there's, like, a lot there, substantial, like, there's substance there for him to work with, and he worked that thread out, he really juiced it out, okay, but for this, this big bet thing, let's just call it a thing, because it's not even a k-drama, it's just a thing that Disney Plus decided to slapped together it doesn't work it is not a k drama i i i literally think big bet is the worst k drama i've ever seen in my entire life yeah and i've seen uh boys over flowers <laughs> i've seen boys over flowers i've seen boys over flowers i've seen the king eternal monarch i've seen mr sunshine and those shows are like way way more like successful in my they're they're way higher grade level compared to big bet big bet is like the worst k-drama i've ever seen in my entire life (laughs) you know it's like it's like um it was like eating a terrible cake watching big bet was like eating a terrible cake because somebody promised me that at the center of that cake is ice cream so I've been eating this cake, even though it tastes like shit, so I could get to the center point, which is the ice cream, which is honsaku, and it's a lie. There was no ice cream there. there. The ice cream was literally like like a thimble of whipped cream, frozen, and they were like, oh yeah, that's the ice cream. No, that's a fucking lie, all right? Big bet was just empty calories, and it was a terrible ice cream experience. No, it was a terrible cake experience. It was a lie of an ice cream experience, and it was the worst Korean drama I've ever seen in my entire life. So, um bad job. All right, bad job to Disney Plus. Bad job to the showrun the the guy who made this. Sh- I don't even want to give him showrunner status. He this guy was his face Kang Yun Song. He has he does not have showrunner status or cred in my book. He does not have K drama cred in my book. Big Bet is the worst K drama I've ever seen in my entire life. Disney Plus is not good at producing K dramas. They need to. Figure out something different. They need to work with better showrunners, okay? Because Disney Plus, they're not good at it. <laughs> they need to do something, Disney. You have the money, you have the budget, but you guys really need to figure some other shit out because this is not working. It's not working for me. No.